I'm John Branion, professional comedian for more than 30 years. And I'm Amanda McKinney, John's daughter for more than 30 years. Our family believes laughing is a learned behavior, and we want to teach you how we do it. So welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door. That's why I'm yelling at you. I you think I'm saying, hey, hey. I was talking to Luke. Podcast ninja. And I was talking to Luke, and you started, I didn't even have my... Awesome headphones. I was on. doing a sign for headphones. I was uh, welcome yeah, to the on. kitchen table, Carl. We're so happy that you're here with us today. We have several things that we could discuss. We I've actually got dozens of things that we could discuss. Things, dozens. I do. Things are, but I'm not going to. Things are coming up even as we, as I was on the drive over here, things were coming up. But you know what? I'm, we're not going to talk about those. We do have later this week a... Uh, an episode we're supposed to, we haven't recorded it yet but we are scheduled to record an episode of house guest that will release on wednesday i believe is oh when they normally go. if we record before wednesday yeah it'll which be we will wednesday. we're going to be recording on tuesday and this is going to be uh with dave pendleton and we have it we have a kind of a kind of an announcement kind of a what, what would you say? It's a bit of... Breaking cultural news? Breaking, breaking cultural news, yeah. This hasn't even come out yet. And this is a thing that Dave... I, I don't want to... You should listen to it. It's going to be a good episode. And it was at his request. This was a thing I wanted to talk to him about a Personally, few months ago. Well, you wanted to talk to him just as a friend. And then you also were like, other people could benefit from this conversation. Yes. And he was like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready yet. And yeah. I reminded him of that today when he said, we should do a podcast on this. And I said, well, I asked you to do a podcast a few months ago and you weren't ready yet. And he goes, I am more than ready now. <laughs> I love David so Pendleton. So all fired up. <laughs> and uh, that'll be later this week. You can get fired up too, Carl, if you listen to our house guest the episode. Lord's willing. Yeah, it is a little... It's a little fiery. It's a, I, I'm. I was actually afraid to uh, to mention it because it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of a big deal. Christian people who have particularly grown up in the Christian sphere mm-hmm. will care about. It's, a, it's this. a scandal. Yeah, I it's mean, it's a bit of a scandal. We know that that Christians don't always uh, carry their torch in a manner worthy of the calling, and mm-hmm. we know that our institutions particularly have been falling to wokeness for a long time. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of, that's the vein we're going to be talking about. If yeah. I'm correct about what we're talking about. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. We're going to try to keep it light. We're going to continue to try to find the funny parts. And I think we'll do that. Dave and I, you know, and you. You're both we have, working entertainers. Well, we're entertainers. But we also have a relationship. So it won't be, it's a pretty heavy subject, but we'll be able to keep it light because we're we're buddies. Right. David's um, a real friend, and we will have a conversation similar to when Juwan and Melody DeVivo were here. And if you haven't heard that house guest episode, you can go back and listen to it. But mm-hmm. but these are people we actually have at the kitchen table regularly. And he's actually going to be live in person at the kitchen table, too. Right? Yes. He, yeah. he I Not gave him the call. option to do, like, a Zoom thing, or I said, you could drive up. And he goes, oh, I, I have, I want to drive up. Okay. And Good. then we'll probably eat lunch. Yeah, I like those better. We were able uh, to visit. Okay, mail. Oh, oh, say no more. Say no more. I got it. Nope, not that. I got it. 
Wait, do you want a mouth honk or do I you? just, no, I don't want a mouse, a mouse honk. Hey, listen, we featured your new mouth honk on the Four Sisters podcast episode two. This week. <laughs> Why? Because I thought they'd appreciate it. Did they? And I, here it is, Carl, if you didn't hear the last episode, this is the mouth honk. <laughs> did, did Tabby like it? They were laughing. <laughs> And they were like, that's pretty impressive. And I said, I'm glad someone said so because I, I you was almost not broke my heart. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that's on the same uh, Could sound not effect have table. Been less enthusiastic about it. I was it. reminded looking at it here. Okay, now for mail. Let's do this one. Oh, it's the tweet. It's not working. That has like a 40 minute lead in. It's got birds. There's birds. Hi, I live in Canada in a city called. Regina is how it's spelled. I promise you there have been comedy bits done on how we pronounce it here. I'm guessing it's not Regina. I'm writing to you pages because <laughs> I'm so thankful that you, uh, for your ministry. I'm a homeschooling mom who understands uh, peaches and that painful process of talking children down from possessed-like tantrums because you tell them they wrote a B instead of a D. Anyway... Things are really intense up here in the communist Canada. Recently, our city mayor there in Regina, despite public <laughs> outcry, took away the right to use all city facilities until people get vaxxed every time. I'm tempted to not breathe and succumb to the fear of segregation and hostility. That is our new reality. I try to find a joke, irony, and humor. I have to say, even though our city council tries to vilify the anti-vax side, uh, it is funny picture that the way they de- funny picture the way they describe the anti-vax crowd as the shirtless buffalo head crazy type. Hope you get their reference. Um, yes, I do. The fact that that, that reference I was gonna say has yeah. crossed the border is <laughs> intriguing. Crazy buffalo shirtless buffalo head crazy type. Yeah. In reality, right now, those at protests or uh, addressing city council people, I have never been to protests in their life stay-at-home moms soccer and swim moms i didn't know that soccer and swim moms i didn't know swim moms was a thing yeah hockey moms swim moms baseball moms football moms you could just couldn't just say sports moms nope because you have to spe- specify the sport yeah i don't know why swim moms what about bowling moms that doesn't happen very often anymore <laughs> that's a tragedy <laughs> Uh, giving calm, cool, metered discourses and asking good questions. We are met with, well, you can imagine, I am apparently killing all my neighbors while single-handedly overwhelming and destroying the mental health and all healthcare persons because I go to a library unvaccinated in addition, or hospitals. Uh, the hospi- uh, hospital CEO, oh, in addition, the hospital CEO wrote this. Well, You're not it, a gifted reader. No, it's, it's okay. Now, no offense, Carl, and we appreciate this email. I sincerely appreciate the email. But you have the same problem that I have in that you're not sure how to use commas. <laughs> so I'm not criticizing you with it's something. A woman. That, it's a woman. I should read it. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm down you? to the highlighted part. Oh. Um. Let's see. Uh, I go uh-huh. to a library unvaccinated in addition uh-huh. or hospitals. CEO wrote a scathing letter to the world telling everyone the unvaccinated are the reason if you get in a car accident or need cancer treatments, there may not be help for you. Mm-hmm. He also noted nurses are so upset with the unvaxxed, they may not want to help you if you come in with a need. Anyway, thanks for reminding me. God laughs at all this foolishness and teaching me to laugh or I just get angry and cry. <laughs> 
I know it's not. You can't help how you feel. I know it's not much better in your country, which is on the brink of a civil war. Good luck with that. <laughs> the days when making my kids rewrite B's and D's are seemingly really good right now. Making grown adults admit they're writing everything, everything backwards is far more irritating. Blessings of health, joy, perseverance, and wisdom on your life. Comedy, tragedy, romance, narrative. Carl. One more thing. Us Canadians and your Obama are so proud of universal health care. Let me tell you, it's a drag because when the governing party tries to take over the universe and say health is poking sharp things in your body and you say, no, thank you. And they say, well, you're not caring for me, so I will not care for you. You do not really feel very cared for. Like the word care needs replacing with question mark for more like universal health question mark thoughts on how to replace care with question mark so it's universal health universal health tyranny universal health bargaining universal health compliance yeah i don't know yeah that's a great question yeah, she's saying you you it's basically there's stipulations or there's uh hoops to jump through universal oh. health hoops universal health hoops <laughs> instead of caring universal hoop care universal health hoops uh well thanks for that letter carl and uh Keep your chin up. It sounds like you're like you're in a pretty good place. I mean, that was that was a fairly lighthearted and uh, and good. I mean, yeah. that, that, that doesn't seem like a somber, dour letter. No. It had it had commas in the wrong places, but that's not a that's indicator okay. of a. I'm a, not sending anybody to check on her because I'm worried that she's right. going to make a rash decision. Uh, I've got a G.K. Chesterton quote that I want to read. It was sent. This was actually sent in a couple of weeks Chesterton. ago uh, as a response to G.K. Chesterton. G.K. Chesterton. G.K. Chesterton. That's not how it sounds. I'm doing the Babylon Bee. Oh, I don't. Well, I was trying to do a G.K. That's the Babylon Bee quotes from G.K. Chesterton so often on their podcast. They have a button, much that like they we push have, and it goes G.K. G.K. Chesterton. G.K. Chesterton. I could probably do that. I could record. No, we have enough sound effects of you. G.K. Chesterton. We should get Luke, the podcast ninja, in here real quick. To, Why? To, to, to record the... Uh, where is he? Come he's here. not here. He's right there. Come here. He's not coming. So he heard us talking about him and he Okay, get on the yellow mic real quick, just really fast, and just say, G.K. Chesterton. In your, your best most British accent. Telling British accent. <laughs> Ready, set, go. G.K. Chesterton. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even say it right. <laughs> I'm pretty We're sure you got it. dad laughing on the other We're end of that. We're keeping it. Hold on, hold on. I got to listen to what There's we came There's no with. T in Chesterton. There is a no, T. No, I didn't say a T, though. Oh, no. there, you didn't put one in. Well, we'll listen and, Ches and find out. G.K. Chesterson. <laughs> he, he said Chesterson. Chesterson. Do you want to re-record that? No, leave it exactly like that. The English don't like tea. G.K. Chesterson. <laughs> I'm so glad the podcast ninja was home for this. I am too. In fact, I thought about that. I was going to come an hour earlier, but I thought, you know, if I wait, maybe Luke will Luke come will home. Luke will be home, and then we yeah. can have a I recording. I had no idea we were going to get an awesome G.K. Chesterson. <laughs> All I had to do was say a name, and I messed it up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what we love. That was actually, though, Luke, a halfway decent British accent. He was so focused on the accent, he didn't get the pronunciation. He didn't pronunciation. get the name right, right. Yeah. But 
But Luke, one of the things that we love about Luke is his uh, enthusiastic willingness to do any sort of Brit- any sort of accent that we ask him to do, and he's not really good at it. <laughs> but that does not stop they him. They all sound the same. Yeah. You only know what accent it is when he says when he something you- cultural. <laughs> right. Like, throw some, some shrimp, shrimp on the, bar- on the barbie. <laughs> say, say that. Stu, in your best Australian accent, before I get to Chesterson's <laughs> quote. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Throw some shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> that was it. That was a bit Irish. <laughs> <That's what laughs> Throw some wee shrimp on the Barbie. They're magically delicious. <laughs> All right, there he goes. Right, there he goes. Poof, he disappears. Uh, this was written as uh, as a response to one of our earlier podcasts about um, happiness and joy. And God gives us humor. One of the things we talk about all the time. But he sent me this G.K. Chesterton quote. And uh, as I closed, and as I closed this chaotic volume, I open again the strange small book from which all Christianity came. And I am again haunted by a kind of confirmation. The tremendous figure which fills the gospel towers in this respect, as in every other, above all the thinkers who have ever thought themselves tall. His pathos was natural, almost casual. The Stoics, ancient and modern, were proud of concealing their tears. He never concealed his tears. He showed them plainly on his open face and at daily, at any daily sight, such as the far sight of his native city. Yet he concealed something. Solemn supermen and imperial diplomatists are proud of restraining their anger. He never restrained his anger. He flung furniture down the front steps of the temple and asked men how they expected to escape the damnation of hell. Yet he restrained something. I say it with reverence. There was in this shattering personality a thread that must be called shyness. There was something that hid from all men when he went up a mountain to pray. There was something that he covered constantly by abrupt silence or impetuous isolation. There was one thing that was too great for God to show us when he walked upon our earth. And I have sometimes fancied that it was... His mirth. Hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> so we agree with G.K. Chesterton? I don't know if I do or not. That's I when I read the quote, I thought, hmm. We're, this is G.K. Chesterton for we crying out loud. We can't disagree. I can't disagree with G.K. Chesterton. Well, uh, in the but I'm I'm not sure. I, I would need to actually talk to G.K., which at this point is going to be difficult for me because right. we're in different places. Uh, but. I would have to have a conversation with him to have him unpack that a little bit. Right. Because I'm not sure how he, you know, how he dis- decided that the mirth of Christ was hidden and never exposed. Well, in the Chosen series um, by Vid Angel, they are um, kind of going out of their way to show that lighthearted, happy, joking side of. Jesus mm-hmm. uh, and his disciples too. Like I'm struck when we watch it uh, by all the scenes where they're, they are portrayed as fishermen who, who ribbed each other and yeah. who, you know, who talked to each other like friends jested and yeah, kind of teased each other and all of that. And Jesus participated right. in all of that. So, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. I, I'm reluctant to say that G.K. Chesterton is 
is out of his mind, uh, but I'm not sure. <laughs> you didn't hear that. No, I didn't. I don't think Carl could hear it either. What did he say? He said, I'm, I don't want to say that G.K. Chesterton was out of his mind, and the podcast ninja goes, son, on his way by. <laughs> no, I didn't hear him. <laughs> he's going out to mow the lawn, and he corrected G. K. us. Chesterton's son. That's why he's the podcast ninja, because he does son. stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, he, he drops that and then leaves yep. like he always does. He's that done. is exactly why he is the podcast ninja. Uh, okay, so I, I want to uh, do, is this a joke? Huh? Oh, that's the mouth honk. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it makes me so happy. <laughs> so uh, Focus on the Family is gearing up for, do you know what? No. They are gearing up for their annual Bring Your Bible to Church. Or, I mean, Bring Your Bible to School. Oh. <laughs> bring Your Bible to School. Okay, I so. would never, ever have guessed that. I know nothing about it. Well, it's a thing that they do uh, where they encourage school children all across the nation to bring their Bibles to school. Focus on the Family brings uh, kicks off Bring Your Bible to School Day. It's October 7th, in case you're wanting to know when you should pack up your Bible and take it to public school that you shouldn't be attending. Uh, right. <laughs> students across the country are gearing up for Bring Your Bible to School Day, sponsored by Focus on the Family. The initiative encourages Christian students to speak God's truth with those around them by bringing their Bible and sharing his word. Nearly, f uh, well, over 500,000 students participated in the event last year in over 50,000 U.S. schools. And I have no reason to doubt that. Uh, John Cooper, the front man for Skillet, yep, who I like, he has a good podcast. Uh, is the is speaking on behalf of it? Uh, the answer that the world needs. The Bible is the answer that the world needs, and students can meet their need by bringing the transformative law of Jesus into their schools. Uh, now you know you can you can look it up if you want to see. I, I'm I am not averse or against bringing your Bible anywhere you want to go. Right. But I think in context, I can't. I can't help the it, it, the comedian in me can't help but analyze this from a couple of different angles. Mm -hmm. And honest to goodness, I'm I'm suspicious that a bunch of children taking their Bibles to school are not necessarily equipped to shed the to light of the gospel. Them. Yes, I yeah. think it would be. I think a better initiative would be. Hey, bring your Bible to church, uh, or bring your Bible uh, out of out of your uh, bookshelf and open it up and read it and have a conversation about I'm it. I'm going to do you one better yeah. because today we're recording this on a Friday. It happened to be the first day that we did our homeschooling uh, stuff, our homeschooling routine at our church mm -hmm. because we're trying to set up a perpetual the, open house, the come and see initiative. We're teaching people how to do education in a different way how to think right. outside the box of buses and desks you and demonstrating homeschool yeah yeah then yeah. people i hope will feel more comfortable going to the church than coming to my home if that's just too far for them because right. it's you know it's like we, we put them in a plexiglass cage right and children and people can walk by and peer at them right while they teach and there's more room and so then my sisters can join us and then my sister's friends can come if they're curious mm -hmm. and they can ask their questions but so, if you come we ask you not to tap on the glass i already made that joke on the mom cast <laughs> did you yes i had no idea seriously yes Wow. Just because I love you, the Four Sisters podcast, 
It's really hard to find. You have to be diligent <laughs> and determined to find it. That is freaking me out. Yeah, we released it on Wednesday. I mentioned that we were going to start doing school because we're trying to talk about like little small ways that you can help your kids um, uh, grow into disciples of Christ. Like right. what are little right. tiny faithful ways that little, you can Little invest. unremarkable things you can do. Oh, and I got a feels... little lump in my throat knowing that you and I have the same sense of humor about that. Oh my goodness. Actually, it may not have <laughs> released... It I might, might weep have, a little bit, Carl. It might have been the bonus episode we recorded on Wednesday, but we did talk about it on Wednesday. It mm-hmm. may not be published until later. I can't remember. Well, but I'll, wait, wait. Oh, go ahead. All that to say, I'm proposing the take your school to church initiative. Oh. Instead of take your Bible to school, take your school to church and stop trying to Stop trying to just sprinkle a little bit of Jesus on top of right. your secular stop trying, education, Stop please. trying once yeah. a year to drag your Bible into school. Now, again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take your Bible to school. <laughs> but no. I, I Take your Bible to school and make your school be somewhere other than public school. Your, yeah, but don't go, I'm saying don't go to public school. Right. That's what I'm saying. Take your Bible to school, but your school should not be right. that state-sponsored <laughs> right. hellhole. Well, because it's... Because... Let's say, okay, there was 500,000 kids that did it last year. Yeah. If there were 10 kids that did it well, I would be shocked. Right. (laughs) Because kids don't know, they don't know their Bible. They don't know their their faith. And uh, just about the time I was starting to feel a little bit guilty about feeling this way, Doug Wilson puts out a... (laughs) A no, quote. Doug. Yeah. Doug Wilson puts out a quote, and he says, uh, we live in terrible times. Good thing we have hundreds of thousands of Christian kids trained to be salt and light in the government schools. Yep. And it's like, yeah, that's it. And of course, he got chastised for being sarcastic. Right. Um, I know it's offensive. It. I point. know it's hard to, I know it's hard to wake up and admit that, that shipping your kids off to, Public school is just a totally bad idea. It's a mistake. There is no, there is nothing redeeming about it. I know it feels good to tell yourself, well, but my kid takes his Bible with him, so good is happening. Yeah, no, and and he's reaching. Maybe he's reaching one of his friends for Jesus. I know he's totally not because they're not. It's not just a neutral territory anymore. What a lot of people don't understand, and apparently focus on the family of some of these people. They on a, they think that they're ta- they're going into neutral ter- they're going into hostile territory they're right. going behind enemy lines right talking to or trying to talk to a, a group of people that are not just disinterested they are openly hostile right. and we towards the gospel this, we talked about this with Jesse Sumter on another house guest episode and you could go back and listen to that if you didn't already about why it's hostile territory. And we're not talking about like people with curly mustaches, like going, oh, I hate Christians. Like it's because of right. the assumptions that are being made, even by the, by the concept of a neutral education. Even if you just suggest there is such thing as a neutral education, you are already planting ideas in kids' heads that it's okay for you to do something apart from God. That, there, that it's possible for you to go to church on Sundays, that's where religion is, and then go to school five days a week where there is no religion. Right. It's You're conducting that, uh, you're, you're inducting or introducing that idea into kids' brains every single day. Right, and not you're not actually proclaiming it in a lesson but you're but you're living it right you are demonstrating every single day that yes sunday is the lord's day 
Right. The rest of the week belongs to the culture. Right. And it, that it is possible to study mathematics, scientific disciplines, language arts, you know. Art. Art, music, yeah. that you can study those things, sports, and it has nothing uh, to do with God. Right. Yeah, God yeah. doesn't need to be integrated into that because church Sunday is the Lord's day. And that's when you put the Lord into your life. But right. for the rest of the week, right, you are you are apart from from God. And you know, that's okay. And Christians have been doing this for decades. They've been like, oh yeah, you know, but it, it it's it's Good and right. Christians are actually on board with the idea of separating God from what's going on in the school. We're cool with taking the Ten Commandments off the wall. Right. We're cool with not having prayer in school. We're certainly cool with not... You can't make the Bible part of school curriculum. Why? Well, because not everybody's a Christian. And so it's good and right in the United States of America to not force your religious views on everybody. And so we've got this, uh, we've got this wrong idea that it's neutral territory and everybody and all ideas are equally represented in public school because we're not saying anything specific about Christianity. Right. And it's just dumb because what's happening is that Christianity is not represented at all, but what's represented is Marxism and humanism. Right. And uh, secular, humanism secular humanism is Christian morality minus God. Right. That's what secular humanism it's Christian, is. It's Christian morality with no reason for being right. moral. <laughs> with no explanation and no foundation <laughs> behind it. Yes. It's morality without an explanation. Right. It's right. illogical, <laughs> just Christian morality. I mean, it's love and yeah. kindness and joy and all the fruits of the spirit without the spirit. Right. That's what secular humanism <laughs> right. is. And so if you're going to send right. your kids off to school, they will come back secular humanists because they've been taught day in and day out it's possible to be good without God. Without God. That's what they're being taught. Yeah. And if you, just in case you think that we are mistaken on that, uh, I, have a, I have a little Twitter exchange that I'm going to read. Oh, Twitter. Well... You know, I'm, but I'm We're doing. We're really stooping I'm, low on this one. I'm doing. I'm doing this because the, uh, as you know, people uh, like examples. Well, is people that, like is, examples, and also I'm trying to be engaged on social media. This is what. Oh I'm, yeah, Dad took a. <laughs> Dad took a master class on how to make. I this did. It was an hour. It was successful. an hour, and now I am a master. So if you are listening for the very first time. It might be because of his ingenious uh, masterclass be methods of my, of my <laughs> precision commenting that I'm doing. Thank you, masterclass. Thank you, masterclass. For you all have, that you've you have given changed us. everything. No, I'm not going to be able to. You're going to have to be able to figure out how to use social media before you're going to be able to. Well, I wasn't quotes. planning to do this, and so I didn't have it prepared. Uh, basically, the guy—it's it, Sarah Selviander, and you know she tweaks the atheists all the time. She's a Christian astronomer she is a christian a astrologer yeah, a, a, not astrologer astrologer a, astronomer yeah she's a she's an astrophysicist astrophysicist so i was i was right she knows a lot about black holes she's been on the podcast too i know when uh, the comedy sojourn not the comedian next door mm -hmm. but when i said astronomer and then when i said wait physicist i was actually right on both counts so uh she says the biggest con ever is that Genesis is anti-scientific. The truth is, it's miraculous. How did a bunch of Bronze Age nomads know that the universe had a beginning and that the Earth and all life was developed over time? Science only figured this out recently. So that's Sarah, who's a straight-up astrophysicist, you guys. Um, 
And uh, one of the comments was the only way it could have ever happened was if it was inspired by God, if they were inspired by God to write it. Right. That was okay. And this guy comes in and says, or made it up as they went along. That's a valid option too. And my response was, they did a good job of making it up. Genesis describes the evolutionary proce- progression perfectly. And his response was, er, no, it doesn't. <laughs> and I said, gosh, you're <laughs> no, right. Thanks for the thoughtful rebuttal. Um, Dad, that was like the same exchange I had. You were all weepy earlier because we have the same sense of humor. Just yesterday, I said something. Uh, there was a, a guy who shot a home intruder recently. Mm-hmm. And somebody in the comments was like, um, they referred to him, they referred to the homeowner as a shooter. Like, because he shot right the, because he shot a guy that in broke into his home. Yeah, right. he, he was protecting his home, and I and I agreed. Like that's bogus. They shouldn't do that. But somebody else was like, "Oh yeah, that happens in the black. That happens to black men all the time." Because the guy who was the homeowner was a black guy, right. and I said it's just gun owners. Like gun owners in general of all colors have been complaining about this for years because the media tries to demonize gun owners. Right, and it it happens if they're white too. And the guy returns with. No, it, no it most certainly doesn't. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. How old are you, seven? And so my response to him was, oh, okay, I guess my eyes and ears are wrong then. Okay, thanks for clearing that up, stranger uh, yeah. on the internet. Well, this is a thing. That, no, it isn't. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's the end of that conversation. Yeah. So, uh... I, I said, gosh, you're right. Thanks for the thoughtful rebuttal. Sarcam do, doesn't make your previous claim any more true, he says. I said, right again. Maybe I should become an atheist. Would you recommend it? And uh, <laughs> yes, though the transition can be troublesome, but at least you'll no longer be retrospectively inter- interpreting an ancient text in order to fill its claims with science, fit its claims with science. I said the transition can be troublesome. Are you speaking from experience? What could yes. possibly be troublesome oh, about it? Oh, Dad. Every atheist has a testimony, and they love sharing their deconversion yeah. testimony, and it's so boring. It's, a, it's boring, I, but I knew that. I knew what his testimony was going to be. Doubting yeah. an indoctrinated faith creates a confused mindset, which can take years to untangle. Um, yeah, I'm not going to read anymore. Uh, but basically, I, I asked him, this what I, is what I do, Carl. I don't defend Christianity to godless <laughs> pagans anymore. I make them defend their godless paganism to me. And it's difficult to do. It requires... It requires patience because they're very, very dumb. <laughs> and when uh, you say things to them like, I will exchange my indoctrinated uh, worldview for yours if you can give me a good reason why I should, um, that question will basically, it, it'll basically flummox them because they're not used to explaining what they think. All they're used to doing is telling you how stupid you are for believing that God exists, basically. That's right. all. They, that's all they do, right. and so uh, I don't even remember why we were talking about that. Oh, because uh, getting back to school and education, these these people are are not gifted thinkers, and they don't know why they believe what they believe either. Right. And so in a public school, atheists. Um, the only reason that atheists fare uh, well in public school is because they go along with the program. Right. They they uh, they swallow. The indoctrination. Christianity is not allowed to push back and get a fair fight against atheism in the public school arena. Right. So they're allowed to go 12 years thinking they actually have brain cells. Right. They're, and, they're and used to not having... Exactly. Like we said before, exactly. the, the, it actually is a giant church 
uh, public school actually is a giant church for secular humanism. So right. they're the top of the class. I mean, they basically go right. to youth group Monday through Friday. Yeah, they have all the gold stars for yeah. memorizing all of the proper verses and saying all the right things and right. knowing the words to all of the essays because because they're brain dead uh, idiots. And they have their creeds too. Like we have the Nicene Creed and the... Right. Um, what's another creed? The other creed. That, anyway. Anyway. Um, oh, the Apostles' Creed. I, I almost had Apostles' Creed was not even the one I was thinking of, but yes, that too. Um, and well, but the, yeah, they had these dogmas. I, I basically yeah. Sarah Salviander said, "Oh, you're you're a Kool Aid drinking, uh, whatever." Atheist. Yeah, and he goes, "Kool Aid? What is that?" I so I explained it to him because I'm I'm helpful and full of love. I said it's a metaphor. It means that you are that your worldview is the result of your. Uh, unquestioningly just absorbing all of the atheist dogmas. Right. And, of course, the rebuttal then is atheists don't, don't have, have dogmas. dogmas. They don't have beliefs. And they ask, for a, they ask for an example. Can you give me an example of one of these atheist dogmas? And I said... That's one. That question that they ask and the statement that atheists is don't have dogmas, dogmas right. is one of their dogmas. Well, the dogma, the, the initial... This was a different conversation, but the initial thing that got this started was that this guy said to Sarah... Uh, you know, God has been disproving science over and, or I mean, science, is, science has been <laughs> Wait, disproving what? God over and over again. Yeah. And that's an atheist dogma. And I, so I just put that in quotes to the guy. Give me an example. It's like, well, here's one. The thing, the very thing at the top of the thread, right. science has disproved God. That is, it, it's, it's just a thing that they say. And then if you ask them to say, well, how, what, what, it, what scientific discovery right. has made God impossible? Or, or just reduced the amount of space that the possibility for God yeah, has can just occupy. reduced the likelihood, right? Of just God. a study or some some advancement that has like reduced the amount of of possibility in God, right? You know, and so if you're if you ask those questions of an atheist, give me give me a scientific discovery. Just give me any sort of advancement in science that has made it less likely that there is a God. Right. Then they will immediately uh, send you to Google. Right. They will tell you that you, if you Google it, there's all sorts of evidence. There's papers. That's what this guy was telling me. There's so many papers. And I said, well, just give me too many papers to put in a Twitter link. There's just so much. There's <laughs> so, much, so much evidence. There's so much scientific endeavors that have been that have been advanced over the years. I can't put it in a Twitter. So now basically it's it, there's so much evidence that he's incapable of giving me any evidence. Right. Because he keeps getting distracted right. by yet another piece of evidence. There's so much evidence. It's hard. He in. can't even narrow it down to a single and uh, I was just about to link one and then another one another one popped up. Reminded I, just, me I of literally one. Yeah. There, there is so much science that just proves God. I can't give you any of it. BRB gonna go read some more scientific evidence. Read some more science. Yeah. And I said to him, Well, I I'm not interested in a homework assignment. You tell me why it, he was talking about uh you, you tell me why God has been disproved by science. If God has been disproved by science over and over and over again, just give me one of those overs. I just need one of those overs. Right. And he said, well, there's too much, and you're, you're trying to pin me down and everything, and you're just too lazy. You're wary is the word. You're wary that your convictions are going to be undermined by science if you start 
And it's like, no, no, I'm the one who's asking the question here. I said, you tell me how God has been disproved by science. That's not me. That's you're the one who's wary about having your worldview exposed for being empty. And that's what always happens. So if you always. if you ask atheist questions, if you ask humanists to uh, defend their position, atheists, <laughs> atheists, I was going to say we're throwing s's all over the place today. Uh, all right, so I got a... Uh, I, I just want Carl to be encouraged that not only are we not against taking your Bible to school, we are actually even more extremists than that. <laughs> We're against taking your Bible to public school. Right. We want, we want you to stop throwing your pearls before swine and... Um, well, and, and at buddy the, up with other Christians who are like-minded and have the same values right. and raise your children up in the... Fear right. and admonition of the Lord, because we're not doing it. Because over and over and over again, kids are leaving the faith entirely in college, and we keep shaking our fingers at the youth ministers over it. We keep honestly thinking if we had just gone to a different church an hour a week, that would have changed right. it. And we aren't willing well, to and we, be. What we're not doing is yeah. thinking. You know, if I, as a parent, had cracked open the Bible and right. taught my kids some theology, yep. they would be better equipped. But yep. see, what you, what many parents are doing, what, what 500,000 parents are doing um, at the uh, encouragement from Focus on the Family is sending their children into the lion's den to just be torn to shreds. Right. And they're saying, well, isn't this good that they can, <clears throat> that they can shine the light for Jesus? Yeah, if they were capable of shining the light for Jesus, I would be on board with it. But all they're going to do is get destroyed. They're not, are going to they're be, not little spiritual warriors. They're going to be secular humanists. Yeah. They're they going are, to be secular humanists. They are going to succumb. When they're done. To the, Which is uh, not anti, it's not, an, it's not unreligious. Like they have been taught to say that it's not a religion, but it is. They're not losing their faith in the sense that they're not, they, they will still be faithful, but they will be faithful adherents of a foreign religion. They will go worship other gods. They will lose their faith. They will, faith. Faith, right. they will lose their Christian faith, right? They will lose their Christian faith if they ever had it. And there's some doubt there. And there's but. a little bit. It smacks a little bit of uh, of mysticism too. The idea that you bring this magical book to school with you, eh. and I, think, I mean, I don't I'm want to put that them on the, them. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they were just using that symbolically. Take your Bible to school as a reminder that. You are supposed to be set apart. You're supposed to have a, this That's word fine. that you can share with others. I don't think they actually meant you can just have a Bible in the corner and you're going to resonate. I think one of us at this table is a little bit naive, and I don't think it's me. <laughs> and the Podcast Ninja isn't here And the anymore. Podcast Ninja isn't here. Um, but yes, yes, there are people who would assume that. I would assume that. I, I would give them the benefit of the doubt and say that that's what they're saying. Yeah, but I will almost guarantee <laughs> you, if you've got 500,000 families that are participating in this, yeah. or 250,000 families if they're each sending two kids, yeah. Um, Somewhere in there, there are the the Bible is God's word, and it is capable of producing miracles. Uh, yeah. And if you take it to school, then God will speak God through will, that. If you yeah. if you wave it around and get some Bible dust on people, um, well, for years, for years, at least when I was growing up, homeschooled, and then later attending a private school, for uh, years, I heard Christians basically afraid of all the baggage that came with that label that came with Christian school and homeschooling in particular, because they didn't want their kids to be, they didn't want them to be set apart. 
Because there's another word for set apart that's a little bit more slanderous. Alien. Well, I was even thinking of weird. They don't want their kids oh. to be weird, and they're afraid of that accusation. They're afraid of atheists or atheists, if you want. We don't. We don't want to be weird. <laughs> we want to be. We want to get along with you people. We want everybody to like you. We well, we right. want everybody to like us and come to Jesus peacefully. Well, and we were afraid of that accusation that an atheist most certainly would make, which is you're indoctrinating. Right. You're indoctrinating your kids. Education should be neutral, says the secular humanist. And right. because we while have internalized inter- while secular humanism. Yeah. Right. Well, because we have gone along with that for so long, and many of us graduated from public schools too and didn't realize how much right. it had crawled into our psyche. We think that's true. I'm wrong to put religion in my kids' education. Right. I'm wrong to right. teach them the faith. That's what we believe. Yeah, that and that that's absolutely correct. That we have internalized that and it and it's jarring when somebody like me comes along and says, here's what you're doing. Right. Um, and I understand that, that it's painful. But it's, it's the truth. If, you're, if you think that there's a way to finesse people into the kingdom with some neutral, you know, smiling... Uh, the, the scripture talks about dying to self. Right. You know, that's a pretty profound, uh, potentially painful thing to go through <laughs> dying yeah. yeah well and i'm bringing it up because it it's not lost on our family that atheists have been using that sort of shaming yeah mockery that's the word i'm looking for they've been using mockery and trying to and laughing at you yes for a long time to try to sway they, and it's worked they never pull any punches with the christians it's when worked. they're making fun of us and laughing at and us. we make fun of homeschoolers too as homeschoolers yes we do we laugh and we at make fun of there's much to laugh fun. at but we they've make fun been, of everybody they've been using their humor as a weapon to sway people toward their religion that they deny even being a religion or to shut them up for years for right. for decades they've been you know, laughing in order to keep you from wanting to insert your faith into every aspect of your life and raising up children who don't leave Christianity when they're in college. Right. And it's been working and it's time. I'm done with that. I'm done being You're going to start being snarky. I'm Yeah, I'm totally am. <laughs> like, I, I love it. The bumper sticker that says public school. Aren't you worried about socialization? <laughs> My gosh, I love that. Yes, and Doug Wilson being all snarky. Oh, mm-hmm. at least we got them all learning how to be salt and light yeah, by the salt government. Salt and light, sending them to the public to the government Good job, schools. Guys. Yeah, at least we got that. So no big deal. <laughs> Look out, world! Here yeah, we come. Here we come. The Christians the, are on their way with their Bibles. We're coming into the public school. <laughs> they're gonna. They're gonna do set some everything damage right. with that book. That's not gonna. Come I can't out find of the, the conversation, but when yeah. a guy called me out or called Doug out. He said, basically, Doug, could you please lead us out of this Babylonian system that we're in? And Egyptian he was, Babylonian. yeah, and he didn't like Doug's sarcasm and he thought it was snarky and it was divisive. And, you know, I, and he said, you know, I really respect a, you as a pastor. I think you're on the right path. Yeah, but it's but that sarcasm that, that leaves a negative taste in my mouth. Yeah, he was, but he didn't, he doesn't really respect him because he doesn't, he doesn't trust him. That he doesn't trust that he's right when he uses his sarcasm, and so uh, anyway, I, I got I do have one other thing, and this is a uh, this is a good grief. Uh, I've done one of those for a while. Oh, good grief! We're almost out of time. I don't even know where the thing here it is. Good grief! Okay, so we went to Kokomo last week. You are definitely going to have to explain that to Carl. We went to Kokomo. It's a, uh, no, I won't. It's an encampment. It's a, uh, 
basically a civil. It's not civil war. It's uh, earlier. It's a French and Indian war. French and Indian war reenactment. Yeah. And so it, they uh, they go out for a weekend and they camp and there's some of them are and they and they camp in uh, in this giant wooded field and uh, and. And then they have a battle. They have a couple of several <laughs> They have battles. a battle every day. They have a battle, a couple of battles every day. And it's pretty cool. It, you can you can cool. buy ham and beans and you can get apple dumplings. And, uh, you can pee and in an outhouse. You can pee in an outhouse. You can talk to people who dress are dressed part. up like they're in the 1700s. And, Luke's uh, cousins actually participate. They go and they knit and the babies play on the yeah. ground in the dirt. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And so they have animals there. They have sheep. And uh, what I want to talk about is Percy. I don't know what that is. You were there. Not Percy, this year. Percy was a giant. Oh, that's right. Oh, I can tell you this. Okay, I wasn't Peaches there this hasn't year. heard the story yet. All right, so I got to hurry. Uh, so Percy was. They they have all these pens. They had sheep, and they had. And then on the other side of the camp, we're walking through where the French are. Camped. Yeah, because they have two different. They have two different camps, right? I've been there before, just not this. So year. we're walking where the Frenchmen are, and we're talking to to some of them. And uh, they had a pen that had a couple of ox in it um not oxen they were steers okay there were a couple of steers and steers are huge these these things had to weigh 2,500 3,000 pounds mm-hmm. giant animals with big horns okay and it said it got on the front of it it says percy mm-hmm. uh so i knew his name was percy right i assume it was the ox's name <laughs> okay um and so Percy is standing there. And the thing about cows and cattle in general is that when they're domesticated, even though that they're huge, we, we sort of treat them like, uh, you know, like domesticated animals. And we, and we sort of forget that they're huge. But there was a couple of kids that were like, I, they didn't want to have anything to do with the, with the ox. They didn't want to get their picture taken with the ox because it's a giant, scary animal. And I was thinking, you know, that kid is... the kid is doing what's correct actually if you have some inhibitions about standing that close to a giant animal i wouldn't necessarily encourage the child to go any closer than the child feels like he wants to go well as i'm having that thought uh this older couple and they were probably uh my age you know 55 60 something like that he's standing there with a with his cell phone and his wife walks up behind percy and reaches for it. So she's standing at Percy's side, but Percy doesn't know she's there. And so she reaches out while she's looking at the camera and pets Percy on the side. And Percy, (laughs) being a 2,500-pound steer, like whips his head around just to, I think, just to look and see what was going, because he felt something touch him. Right. So he whips his head around, and his horns hit the woman in the forehead he he like smacks her in the forehead <laughs> and she flails backwards, backwards she takes about four or five uh, step backwards falls on her butt and then and then lays down and she covers up right well i looked you know it's like oh my gosh i looked and, and saw that there was no blood or anything he basically just just wrapped her with his horn and then right. percy turns back around and continues <laughs> and to continues smiling for the camera <laughs> continues to chew his cud by the way i think now this is just (laughs) nerdy homeschool moment where i was unable to focus entirely until we got this out of the way Uh i think it's actually the british encampment that 
that, that has they separate. Steer. Yeah, it's the British and then the French and the Indians well, fought on the real, same side. There's not a real clear delineation. There's no signage or anything. So you just kind of go from one camp to the other. But, but in the war, though, when they do their war reenactment, it's it's the Indians against the other army. And in that case, it has to be British because the French mm-hmm. and the Indians fought on the same side. Right. So you're right. So it has to be British. You're Percy right. was British, to but be fair. Steer, but the steer wasn't anywhere on the battlefield, so I wasn't sure which side he was on. <laughs> Who he belonged to. Yeah, he wasn't actually, wearing his he uniform. Been, he could have been on the French and Indian side because they had a lot of oxen. He could have been. Yeah. He well, if if uh, <laughs> if that woman was British, then Percy was definitely French because <laughs> he flattened her. A new way to use their oxen. <laughs> he flattened her. And uh, I I was struck by how funny it is because it's funny when people fall people down. Hurt. It's funny when people fall down. A little bit. Down. You don't want them to die. It's, That's not No, funny. I don't want them to die. And and it's it's a little <laughs> funny that she felt absolutely no inhibition about walking up to this giant animal and surprising him. You know? <laughs> boo. <laughs> hey Percy, boo. And you know, I'm I'm glad she wasn't seriously injured. I'm I'm glad about that. But I I can't help it when she goes up, especially the fact that he the guy was filming her. It's it's going to wind up on YouTube. It should wind up on YouTube. <laughs> My kids watch that all. The and time. I was actually there for it. Yeah. And so if if a a lesser person would have felt some guilt and anxiety about laughing at it. Um, but because we have such a well-developed and robust sense of humor here, we know that it's not our fault that it's funny. Right. right, and we're way over time, but I also haven't told you yet what I was laughing about until tears came out of my eyes this week. Luke was there too. We should have started with that. We should have probably. But I was cracking up this week because I was watching YouTube, and uh, apparently there was this Japanese guy who speaks English really, really well. He like has studied English for a long time. And so then he tries to teach English in Japan to, to his countrymen, like right. other, to native Japanese speakers. So the first video I saw of his, I started going down his channel cause I think it's hilarious. But the first video was him doing a reenactment of like what anime directors must think or must do. And it was like, you know, anime uh, voice actor comes in and wants to read for this anime cartoon, and the guy's like, "Perfect." So he's reading in Japanese, and the guy's like, "Perfect." And then he's like, "The Japanese <laughs> Did they guy." Translate said, it? The, yes, they're translating all of this. So I, don't, the only reason I know what they're saying is because of the I, subtitles. But he says, "He says in Japanese, okay, how much English do you know?" And the guy's like, "None." And he goes can you read it anyway? And he's like, no. And he goes, here's the script, go. And the guy's like, haro, I am English. <laughs> and like, he says it just like that. And the director's like, perfect. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, Nailed they, it. they start laughing. I start laughing at that point. Then he goes on to tell a true story in a different video. He tells a true story about going to interview for a job as an English translator. Right. But he's going in front of this boss who barely speaks who English speak himself. English. And so, so the guy who runs this channel speaks to the camera. And he says, hello, my name is whatever his name and is. And he's fluent. And it, he's fluent and he barely has an accent. I yeah. mean, when you're as an English speaker myself, when you're listening to him. So he actually him, is a Japanese Yeah, He's a Japanese citizen, citizen and, and he speaks and he English no very, very well. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if he's lived in the States for a while or what, but he's he lives in Japan now. And so he goes to his boss, this person who's not his boss yet, but who's interviewing 
for a job as an English speaker. And the guy says in Japanese, okay, say something in English. <laughs> and he's like, like what? Because you, you're the English speaker. You just pick something and say it in English. So he says, hello, my name is whatever. I've been studying English for many years and it's very good. And his boss goes, what is that? He says it in Japanese. He goes, what is that? And he goes, it's English. And he goes, uh, you sound like you're just speaking gibberish. Sometimes Japanese people do that when they want to pretend like they speak English and they don't. You're just speaking gibberish. And he goes, no, that's English. That's actual English. And then the the boss, the guy looking for a who doesn't speak English. No, he says, I've been studying English too. And he says, Hello, my name is Boss. I speak English. And he goes, That's how you speak English. And so the guy who's interviewing So he was upset because he didn't have a thick enough Japanese, Japanese accent. Japanese accent, yes. And what was hilarious, this is what was making me cry laughing. There are Japanese people down in the comments going, Yes, can confirm. We were told that the with the the thicker your accent is, the better we can understand <laughs> you. <laughs> and they were like using examples. They're down in the comments, like, listen, people, Americans coming to visit, you're not insulting us. Use an accent; it will help us. They're like <laughs> telling us. So they they be racist. They're actually accustomed to listening to jet thick. Yes. Incorrect Japanese accents in yes. their English, and they don't recognize real, real English. English. Yeah, and it even it's got its <laughs> oh, own gosh. name. I forget what it is now, but like there was there's memes it that's be like English. select select language English UK English US uh, and then English, English Japan, and yeah. it's called like Kokuru or something like that. I forget what it's called, but it's like an actual thing where it's its own language now. And they think they're speaking English, but it's really just like a Japanese derivative of the language that we wouldn't even recognize. Oh, I thought it was so funny. That is fantastic. Yes. And we definitely should have started with that. We should have. Um, anyway, that's yep. all. That's all we got. Uh, all right. Way I, louder than well, I expected. Yeah, I was, I was uh, not prepared for that music to start up. All right. Thanks for being with us, Carl. Thanks for hanging with us till the bitter end. Uh, come and find us at uh, jumpbrandy.com and join our click join our telegram group we were really chatty today we were really chatty but uh, it was fun see you next time bye Carl you can find John Brannion on MeWe Gab and YouTube also be part of the show by emailing your questions and comments to nextdoor at johnbrannion.com we've loved having you at our table neighbor see you next time and bring some friends with you